Welcome back to another episode of MLS Net Boys. My name is Chase. I'm here with my good friend Jacob, as well as producer Isaac. I'm getting him in on the action now. And good friend Josiah in Who's the background in, in the other room now, but he was in here. In the other room watching The Golden Bachelor. <laughs> That was what we discovered last time. Last episode, we left the room, discovered a gaggle of women, as, and our friend Josiah watching The Golden Bachelor. This used to be a safe space where we can just, as men, come here and record the podcast and... Have your wife bring sp- us desserts and <laughs> spit, hot chocolate. Spit MLS, but now it's become a hideout for the women as well in the other room they come and they watch their hallmark movies and their golden bachelor and they go oh he's so sweet meanwhile we warmed up with a nice game of darts i can't believe that was the first game of darts we've played played yeah that thing is right above our heads this whole time we haven't played darts a (laughs) single time it's been doing this since january (laughs) it's november now it's been close to a year and it was our first game of darts and it won't and be our last. It was Jacob and I versus producer Isaac and Josiah. The Net Boys versus Net Boys Extended. Split the series one to one. It's not over yet. There's many more games to come. But with that being said, there was no games this weekend <laughs> for we gotta, MLS action. We got to get used to this because off season is quickly approaching i mean it is here for most teams except for like eight but you know what i was thinking about today is we always miss episodes on the week where like the biggest news is breaking in the league like we missed an episode like during playoffs like right around decision day the last time we missed an episode before that was the week that messy got signed <laughs> and then we always do episodes on week like like weeks like this like bye weeks when it's just boring there's when, no games when the biggest news on the MLS website is Ethan Finley gets a contract <laughs> extension yeah that's a big move for Austin right there dude i've seen this all over online so definitely don't you know credit me with this but dude these playoffs are ridiculously long like it's 3 weeks since the playoffs started i think is what i saw and we we still like are like multiple weeks away from the championship. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how long it really lasts. Um, it takes like as long as the World Cup, with significantly less teams involved, which is so weird to me. I I mean it's it's weird because they're trying to like milk out as many games as possible, and then they stack them in weird days and. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, hate the the schedule for it, I guess. I there's no easy way with the international break the way it's kind of constructed now, but I I'd say the only thing I appreciate about it is it gives the players like an ability to actually rest so you don't see as many injuries and you see like a higher performance level, especially after like a long season. Um but with that being said, kind of sucks. Yeah, how how did we managed to have an international break right in the middle of our playoffs that's crazy imagine like that happening for champions league or something like that just an international break like right before the champions league final i guess they kind of have breaks between each round of games for champions league anyways but i feel like do you think it would work well if they structured it like 
decision day happens, and then the next week is like international break, and then the playoffs for three weeks. I feel like I mean that would kind of put it close, but I feel like that would be a better strategy. I think that would be nice. It would make the cup final a little late, but I think that would be better. Yeah, I mean I don't know. It's it's like a a much larger issue of like the MLS season is seems like it's constantly growing and getting longer and longer and shorter off season for players, which I mean people have their feelings on that, but I don't know, man. It's a issue far above our pay grade. Hyrus, <laughs> tweet us at MLS Netboys on X, formerly known as Twitter. Platform X. I have started to put some tweets out in the in the Twitter sphere. I got um, I'm not much engagement on there, but I'm putting some stuff out there. I tweeted about the Timbers when they announced their new jersey sponsor. We haven't even talked about that at yeah, all actually. yet. Um, I put something out vouching for a, a legend of MLS, a villain of MLS, Dom Dwyer, asking which clips to sign him. And then when... The old Chris Armis got announced as Colorado boss, which we'll cover later. I put that out there. So, engage with us at MLS Netboys on Twitter. I want to go back to the Timbers New Jersey sponsor. What do you think of Dabella, leading company in home improvements? Honestly, downgrade of a sponsor for sure. I don't think that's debatable. Yeah. But... Not the worst, and there's a lot of outrage on Tim- <laughs> Timber's fans and Timber's army. Just has they complain too much. I'm gonna say it. This is this is a crappy sponsor. Sure, it's not the worst, but it's it's definitely like lower tier. And but I mean, come on, like it's not Herbalife. It's not like <laughs> Bimbo. It's just yeah. It's not it's not terrible, but it definitely. I mean, I think. Nobody's used to it because we've had Alaskan Airlines since we joined the league. You know, like one thing this offseason that has been such a shock for people is like Timbers are such a club of habit where, I mean, we when we commit to something, we really commit. I mean, when we commit to coaches, we keep them for like five, six years. When we commit to a sponsor, we keep them for like a decade. So it, this is like a... It seems like the club is new turned, era. It's just completely different, and I think a lot of people are afraid of that because you don't know what it's going to look like going forward. And we've been really spoiled as like fans of this club. So seeing like you know Geo leave, seeing the shirt sponsor change, it feels like we're kind of losing you know our club. I mean, in a lot of ways, like I look at the Timbers now, and it seems like just a different organization than the one I grew up supporting. But it's like such superficial things of like, oh, it's a different giant corporation on my uh, team's chest now. Although, I don't know how big DeBella is as a company. I don't know. They're really small. I think on Twitter they have 500-something followers. Heck yeah, dude. Um, it's how a did lo- they score that deal? It's like That's a, crazy. It's a Portland area company, I believe, or at least Oregon-based. And yeah, I think that's well said. It's kind of like the phase of becoming a different club. But I think that's every like club there's life cycles of different teams like man united for example was the biggest club in the world world famous players unbelievably successful winning trophy after trophy with sir alex for 
like two and a half decades, right? Twenty six years or so he was coach. Yeah. And now they're kind of like a laughing stock. So Yeah, I mean eras happen, clubs change, you know. It's it is what it is, but like you said, not the best, not the worst jersey sponsor, but honestly, it's like I don't care if this is the jersey sponsor as long as the team is doing well, right? I saw somebody comment on Twitter saying like this is like the Timbers like Zulily phase. Like remember Seattle <laughs> had Xbox forever then they switched it for like Zulily that weird like yeah, rip yeah. off like eBay app and now they have a different sponsor already. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It seems like a weird phase. I mean, I didn't really look into this company at all. Like I saw it and I didn't really pay too much mind to it, but it's like home improvement, right? It seems of. like a weird choice because I would think, you know, with like the visibility of our club and how big the timbers are, you would think there would be bigger companies vying for that and like putting in pretty big bids. And obviously I don't think that's been disclosed, but I wonder like how much money DeBella had to pay to get this like spot on the jersey. Right. I, that'll be interesting to see when the details come out whenever it does. I thought for sure this was going to be Dutch Bros. When Yeah, I thought that would be like the for sure. Yeah, that makes the most sense because they already do all the training kits. Right, and that was like a gradual thing that got integrated because it wasn't that at first and then that happened. And I remember when they teased this, they made like a teaser video, a trailer for the teaser video, and then the tease, like the actual thing announcing this. And you could see like a little D in the background and a B. So everybody's like, oh, of course, it's Dutch Bros. Like, <laughs> that's pretty good. Like, that's as good a replacement as you can hope. That's a coffee company, if you don't know. Um, but nope. We couldn't have our nice little Oregon drive up coffee thing. I thought Tillamook Cheese would be another. Tillamook would have been pretty one, sick. Because that logo, it's like almost similar to the Alaska, like in a cursive almost font. Yeah. What do you if you could pick like one company to be on the Timbers kit, what would you pick? For a sponsor? For a sponsor, yeah. Um honestly one of those two would be first choice. If you're asking for a different one, uh, you're wearing it right now. I was telling Emma about this. I was like Pendleton would be a sweet sponsor, the Pendleton's pretty sick. Clothing slash, you know, it's kinda like higher grade, like it's more. my favorite flannels in the world and my favorite just like blank tees actually i wear them i only wear their flannels but high quality stuff oregon company um because yeah they announced alaska air wasn't going to come back so i was telling my wife i was like kind of want one of those timbers jerseys with the flannel but i want to see what this new sponsor is so if it's like something sweet i'll get the new one if not i want alaska yeah. air which i do dang pendleton missed out i'm looking at a list of uh oregon's biggest companies right now obviously first one is nike how funny would that be <laughs> nike there's no way they would allow that but that'd just be hilarious if portland got a special deal to be the only nike club and then i mean looking at like some other just you know big oregon companies you got like daimler trucks i thought that was just like been. seems like pretty uh obvious um umqua bank I could definitely see that being like a jersey sponsor for whatever reason. Bob's Red Mill. Have never really even seen this company before. Reese's Fine Foods. I know you know that logo. That'd be a legit one. And then there's like nothing really 
else on here that I think is just like actually an Oregon company. Some of these I was kind of surprised to see like Intel I know has like headquarters in Oregon, Fred Meyer, Bymart, but Fred Meyer would be kind of sweet. Nobody here, nobody will know what that we're talking about unless they're from Oregon or Washington, but how about peach PGE? <laughs> the Portland General Electric Electric I'd, Company. To be honest, I'd take that over Debella, but It'd be kind of cool because their logo is like a, like kind of a diamond looking thing with just PGE in the middle. And I mean, it's literally a Portland company. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think Pendleton would have been sick, but this is like completely irrelevant conversation to just about like 90% of the people in the league. <laughs> just We're talking about like Oregon, Oregon companies. companies on an MLS <laughs> podcast. All right. <laughs> We're moving on. What's the worst jersey sponsor in the league, other than Ooh. Chicago Fire not having one? I don't know, actually. I, I don't... It's tough, because I, I don't really remember too many except for the good ones. Like, I actually really like Minnesota as being Target. I think that's pretty clean. I think that's one of the... Um, Austin having Yeti, I think, is actually kind of cool. I'm kind of jealous of that one. I that think one's that sweet. one's pretty sweet. Um, I'll tell you my least favorite. What is it? Bimbo, for sure. <laughs> Is, Isn't it? It's not even in the league anymore, though. It's not? I don't think so. Oh, am I just I'm crazy? pretty sure it's not. I'm going to pull up all the jerseys right now so I can look through this because this is never mind. kind of something that can like make or break a jersey, honestly. Um, okay, it is Bimbo, actually. So I think that's the worst. It's not as bad as it was because they, they blend the... You know what's kind of clean but i also not sure how i feel about the same time is like you almost forget that the red bulls jersey is like the red bull logo is like their sponsor on the front because it just goes like hand in hand with like what they you know what their club is columbus has nationwide a lot of these teams just have like local like health like colorado uc health cincy mercy health um uh new england united healthcare so it's just a lot of these are just like plain font that aren't really anything too exciting. Houston True. is MD Anderson Cancer Center. I like, I prefer, I will say something with a logo on it, like Red Bull for it being kind of gimmicky. I think that looks a lot better than just plain text in the center of a shirt. Didn't realize this. Seattle's is Providence. It which is, is yeah. funny New because this year. Timbers. Providence Park. Who owns Providence? Between between these teams, who would you say? Definitely, Timbers? Definitely Portland. It's been the stadium for... So we sponsor Seattle. It'd be funny if Portland's spon- new sponsor was Lumen. <laughs> uh, I oh, think man. the worst Ooh, is... Another solid one. LAFC with Flex. It just looks like the B version of Yeti. I was literally just going to say... I think the one of the worst ones is Flex Power Tools. Really, I feel like it's it just looks like like a knockoff Yeti. I don't think it looks bad. It I just does, think it's like not as notable of a brand as Yeti. It doesn't look bad, but I just think it's just kind of like goofy looking. I think uh, DC United with XDC Network. I think that looks kind of goofy. Oh, this one for sure. You'll agree. This is the worst one. St. Louis with Perina Cat Chow. 
that's the worst one without a doubt because everybody knows what that is at least if it's debella or flex or you know all those other ones there's some mystery there purina everybody knows it and it makes sense because like they're based in st louis when i was there actually you see like their massive like office building with the giant sign that says purina so it makes sense why that's their sponsor and it's like really tied to their company but it gives off like the original like bimbo sponsorship because it's like it already kind of conforms to their colors so they don't have to change anything about it but it just looks like it just looks too logo-y if that makes any sense because we're talking about and i even said i like logos generally as opposed to text but something just looks off about it yeah not a fan oh man anyways we're gonna cover some uh there's a lot to talk about despite it being a week with no games we we were we were discussing this before we started but there is an insane amount of coaching positions available in the league right now and there was some hires recently so that's what kind of got us thinking about it and we put together a list of all the teams who currently don't have a coach as well as one that's still up in the air. Um, and I think we came up with about eight, maybe nine teams that don't have a coach, which I want to say is like a record in MLS. I don't know if anybody really keeps record of that, but seems like we're kind of falling in. You know, We're becoming a proper league now, just hiring and firing coaches, wheeling and dealing every year, you know? That and recycling these same not super successful managers, Phil Neville, Who Chris do you Armas, think is going to become the Frank. equivalent of Roy Hodgson in MLS. I think we already have one. Who do you think it is? Bruce Arena. <laughs> Dude is old. Did you see? I mean, Dude, we'll he, probably get onto this later. He's like the leading candidate for the DC United job. Like he declared interest in it. Really, I think he he used to coach there like way back in MLS days. So that would kind of be a cool if he brought DC kind of re- revved him back to life. No pun intended. Like he did with new, <laughs> new like he did with New England, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of his last thing before riding off into the sunset. Yeah. All right, I want to go real quick, rapid fire. I'm gonna name each of these teams who currently have a vacant coaching position. And I want you, without thinking, tell me your like first thought about this club. It could be anything, like what you think about like the coaching position, what you could think about like their their most recent season, anything. I didn't prep Jacob for this. Just at all. like the state of the club, state of the club. All right, all right. I'm starting first one. It's not confirmed yet. He has still has an option for his job, but FC Dallas. To me, FC Dallas is like. They're just they're just they're just okay, right? I wouldn't even say okay. I think they're good. They're a good club. They have a great academy. They're decently successful. They haven't been in like the the cellar for a while, but whatever they do, it just doesn't seem to be enough to like seriously contend since like 2016. So, they've got Nico Estevez, looks like he's leaving. Maybe he might. Actually, I think it said he's rumor he will come back, but they haven't announced anything yet. I think they just have to spend more money. Like, that sounds like a stupid answer, right? But Yeah, no, I agree. D- soccer is huge in Texas. Soccer is huge in the Dallas area. They have a great academy. Why can't they pull the trigger on something like 
serious. And it seems like it's an area where they probably could bring in some guys who are like high caliber players and they'd be willing to live there. You know, like it's, it's a little bit harder to convince some of these like big European stars or big South American stars to come up to the U S and be like, Hey, you're going to live in Boston, Massachusetts, or, you know, like you're going to go live in Utah. Like it's a little bit harder to sell those guys on those living. I don't want to say living conditions, but like the area off the field. Yeah. Like the, you know, their home life that they have to put up with for nine months out of the year in that area. So, uh, Dallas, I mean, it's a, it's great weather. Um, it's pretty central in the country. So like, it's really easy to travel out of there. If like, you know, when they have like off weeks or weekends, it's really easy to travel anywhere. Um, I think they have a great opportunity to bring in a high caliber player. I don't see them necessarily going the same route as like some of these other clubs looking to Europe. I could see them more so looking to like South America and bringing in like some kind of almost like what, like the Atlanta mold of like an Almiron or a Joseph Martinez or didn't work out. But like, remember like pity, like pity Martinez, like bringing in guys like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree. They got, Alan Velasco now, unfortunate end of the season for him. Remember when they had as a throwback? Oh, jeez, that was Whoa. bad. That was Whoa bad. <laughs> that was bad. We're gonna auto tune that one in in post. First last week, you you had that like grandma voice break. <laughs> then that for me, you just had the little like puberty voice break there. We hitting both ends of the spectrum. That's right, man. Remember Mauro Diaz that like playmaker they yeah. had that was pretty lights out that was like peak fc dallas i feel like from the last that 15 and years. do you remember fabian castillo that guy oh was, yeah he to me was like the mls like gervinho <laughs> insanely fast like and just super like electric player yeah really fun to watch Imagine him and Kakuta Mane on the same team, dude. Those guys would have been tearing up the league. They probably will be in like the Canadian <laughs> Premier League, like one of these. They years. may have already played together in Liga MX or something. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Do you think they need a new coach? I mean, Nico I Estevez. I, I don't think so. I think they're already in like a transitional period with their roster, because um, they're gonna have to let Jesus Ferreira go at some point, and I think if you welcome that period of transition with a new coach as well, it's going to cause a little bit more, um, you know, it's going to kind of make them less stable than they already need to be. I think having the system in place, keeping him and then just trying to build around that by bringing in players for him would be a lot more successful than like starting with a clean like sheet. Basically. I agree. You know, what's really confusing to me though. So they had Luchi Gonzalez, current San Jose coach, and he coached at Dallas for a bit. S- similar thing, he knew this the culture, the club. I, I believe he was, like was an academy coach at Dallas, and he coached a few years. They made the playoffs, didn't really do much, then left to go be an assistant with the national team. Then, in turn, FC Dallas takes a U.S. national team assistant coach, Nico Estevez, Similar thing as Gonzalez, I'd say. They've been all right, but not, like, world beaters. Haven't really done much in the playoffs. And then, like, a year or two later, Luchi Gonzalez comes back to MLS. So it's like, I don't know. I think Gonzalez is a better coach. I think he was better with their youth talent. Like, 
just really confusing to me, like how Dallas let that happen, I guess. Yeah, it seemed like a a little bit of like a a leap of faith. Like they kind of were hoping it was gonna be like a big step up and it was gonna work out. And you know, they must have had a lot of faith in um Estevez, but I don't know. I mean, obviously it didn't work out exactly how they wanted. Um and so hopefully they learn from that mistake and they kind of ride with who they have now and try and uh, build for the future. But how real quick, I want to give, I want your grade on like, if you were a coach who was looking for a position, like what would you rate the status of FC Dallas? Like as it is out of the, so if I were to like rank them out of the nine like teams we have listed here, where would I put them? Or just like a A to F. I was thinking A to F, but yeah. If I were going to rate them A to F, I'd say like a B. Not necessarily for the squad they have now, but like the just the stability of that club. I mean, they have a good squad, but they're definitely not like elite. But part of taking over a club that needs a new coach means that you probably don't have an elite squad at your disposal. Get them to the next level, right? Okay. Yeah. I would say B, B plus. I'd agree with that. And that's partially why they don't like, they haven't really gotten rid of them. Like they, it's, we're kind of putting this in as like a hypothetical. They don't actually have a coaching position available right now, but right. Next up though, quick fire. What do you think about the new England revolution? They have a coaching position available. There's some, some weird stuff going on (laughs) over there. What do you think? The club is purely based off of this tail end of the season disaster. Like, it's a disaster all over the place. But overall, the club, I would say, is like... It's like a club that's ready to, like, burst over um, with their potential. I think the last few years, they've rebranded. We talked about this last week, but stadium talks are happening um <laughs> and i don't know i think as soon as that hurdle gets jumped and that stadium gets like made they're going to be a hugely successful team that area is huge for soccer actually you wouldn't really think so but they've got a good squad i think this is the best squad out of all the vacant positions in mls for head coaches so if i was a head coach i would be like licking my fingers like at this one right here yeah, I mean, I agree. It's it's not, in my opinion, like the most ideal squad. Like you have some really good key players there, but I think it, that's only going to last you like a year or two. But I guess that's all you really need to like buy yourself some time as a coach. If you have two really good years, you're kind of guaranteed to have another at least like two at your disposal, at least in MLS. Most clubs, if you put up two good years they're not going to fire you on that third year if you have a bad one. So you'll probably guaranteed another two years then. Unless it's Montreal. Unless it's Montreal. They'll probably fire you after the first good year or sell your whole team and then let you go. So, all right. What about New England? I'm giving them an A-. minus. Only thing holding them back is the stadium for me. I would say A- minus because their squad's in a better place than Dallas right now. Um, there's some improvement to be done there, but like you said, I mean, 
there's a lot of other great things about this club right now. And they're kind of starting to prove they have a real good ability to develop youth players. But that's all I want to talk about New England. I want to move on to our next club on here. Club that we love to talk about, that we can't get enough of. Charlotte FC. I remember, I think it was last week, you said, like, I don't even know what to say about Charlotte yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> I never read this club. Um, off the field, you'd love to, to coach a squad like a team like Charlotte, right? Huge crowds, biggest crowd in MLS history, you know, newer team in the city, the buzz is there. You'd be like a legend if you made this team actually like playing good football. But the squad to me is atrocious. <laughs> yeah. You'd have a real job. And I mean, probably not a super long leash, honestly. I mean, their inaugural season, they fired their head coach of their first ever year, like what, 10 weeks or so into the season? Yeah, they they aren't exactly the most patient um, club with coaches by any means. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Charlotte's in a weird place right now because they have a decision to make of, like, are they going to kind of change their club philosophy and, like, be a little bit more patient and try and invest in, like, a long-term program or are they going to try and, like, splash some cash and turn into, like, a win-now team? Um, who do Who do you think is the right coach to go to Charlotte right now. I don't think he's the Who right coach, pick? but that that rumor with Ole, the former Man United. Ole Gunnar Sochar? Yeah. I that, thought that was hilarious. That would be brutal, man. That I mean, he's he's like a lovable guy cuz he's kind of got like a little like a baby face. But uh I mean, he at his time at United, he didn't he wasn't a bad coach. He was definitely he's just a good man manager. And I don't know if that's what Charlotte needs though. I think Charlotte needs a, yeah, you're completely right. I just thought that rumor was funny. Charlotte needs somebody who knows the league. Both of their coaches, I mean, well, they had an interim coach and Latanzio wasn't completely new to the league, but Ramirez their first coach, inexperienced. I would think Bruce Arena as we'll talk about, he wouldn't be really available. I think he would be perfect. Same thing happened in New England. He took a like front office position and head coach, so he was able to be in on the recruiting. We talked about last week. They're terrible at making their roster. They have like that really good player on Crown Legacy, their second team. Yeah. Somebody with MLS experience. I've got two options here for you that I think could both do a pretty good job. Um, and they kind of check the boxes of what you're just talking about. Caleb Porter. Or I was thinking him. Adrian Heath. Who would you take? I would take Caleb Porter, but I can. Adrian Heath feels like it fits Charlotte for some reason to me. I think Adrian. Personally, I would pick Adrian Heath. I think Caleb Porter would probably be a little bit more successful there, but Charlotte's already proven they don't give their coaches time. And Caleb Porter has like a, a tendency to be like really really hot with a team and then be terrible the next year and then be really really hot and then be terrible the next year and I don't think Charlotte I don't think their FO would have the patience for that I think Adrian Heath is a little bit more consistent with his teams and like with Orlando he was consistently terrible um Minnesota like pretty consistently like 
average B B tier team, I'd say. I'd agree. I think Yeah, I agree. I really agree. And I think Caleb Porter, he's a great coach, but in MLS he's had some pretty solid teams and I don't know how into the recruitment and everything he would be. Portland, he had a good I mean, they kind of switched their squad into a good squad when they hired him. And then I mean, Columbus has had a great squad for a while now, so yeah, Adrian Heath, I don't think any of those Minnesota squads were really like that impressive, honestly. I mean, they did have Reynoso. And Reynoso, who like on his day is arguably like the best player in MLS. Like, I, when he when he's not in a different country and actually like shows up to play, he could, I mean, he could easily be, if he was here the whole season and played to his like potential, he'd be MVP like every year. I agree. But I think, like, the first part of this year when Minnesota didn't have him and they were just playing, like, really direct soccer, kind of target ball, route one. Like Gary Smith way. It, sure, you're right. Adrian Heath, like, was coaching that well, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, he, he can adapt his style a little bit better, I'd say, than Caleb Porter. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know what Caleb Porter would do without, like, a super great number 10, for example. Shall we move on? Wait, what, what, what's your grade for Charlotte? For Charlotte? I, um, I'd go like C+. Plus. C. I would say C, C-, minus. honestly. That's not a job I'd want to touch, honestly. I, I think mean, you wouldn't... I think you're, you're putting yourself in a Robin Frazier position right there where you... I mean, maybe Robin Frazier gets this job. Who knows? This seems like a job where you take it, like, and you got to be real confident in yourself. And then all it does is just like lower your stock as a coach. I was gonna say it would really damage your, it would really damage your reputation unless, yeah, you really turn this team around. Yeah, exactly. But I don't see Charlotte being more than a maybe barely squeaking into the playoffs in the last day of the season team at least yet. Timbers. Um. Anyways, <laughs> next up on the list, <laughs> we got. DC United. What is your your off the top of your head thoughts on this? Oh man, this team needs a this team needs a makeover. <laughs> this team needs a major. This team needs a Bruce Arena, a guy who knows the league. I know I just talked about that with Charlotte, but this is who Bruce Arena is going to coach both teams next year. Actually, Charlotte and DC United. And he used to coach DC, so this would be really poetic for him. I don't know. Their academy is is kind of underrated, dare I say. They got a new stadium. Like, they got... I don't even know if I'd say some... They have some players that are, like, solid. Not the best squad, though. An aging squad, too. They're in a win-now phase with a team that can't win. With a team that would win the USL, maybe. (laughs) I don't know about that. Orange County and Phoenix Rising got a couple things to say there. Um, Yeah, I don't know. DC United, I think Bruce Arena would be the perfect fit for them. I think he would turn this club around, and if if they were smart, they would just let him do everything. Like, they would let him take over everything, and they would just kind of like, oh, yeah, whatever you say, Bruce. Like, they'd be, they'd just kind of like give him the checkbook, let him make decisions for like three years and then let him retire and just like 
try and continue whatever like patterns he had started. Um, the only difficult thing about that is like Bruce arena doesn't really leave like systems for scouting or anything like that behind when he leaves a club. He's kind of just like does what, I mean, he, he leaves like a Sir Alex Ferguson, like hole behind him when he leaves a club. Like he, he builds up like a really good, like love that comparison and and expectations and then when he leaves, it's really hard for clubs to kind of like fulfill that same potential afterwards. I, I mean, I think we're going to see it with New England here for a little while after this. You definitely see it with like LA Galaxy now. Like they haven't been good since he left. Um, I don't know. I mean, has DC won anything since he was there last actually? It's, it's weird, really deep callback there. They won the 2013 U.S. Open Cup with Ben Olsen. Big ups, Ben Olsen. But um, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think you're right. You're right with everything you say. But I think even if Bruce did come in and do, I think he is the perfect candidate. Let him take over everything. Let Bruce cook. <laughs> and then he'll at least overhaul the squad and leave it in a better place. Because if you look at... I'm looking at the 2019 roster. This is the year Bruce Arena took over for Brad Friedel, who was a terrible coach for the Revs. (laughs) New England wasn't really great. They made the MLS Cup in 2014, lost in the final. And then after that, they weren't really a great team. They got carried by Lee Wynn, kind of niche legendary player. That's rough. But they didn't really do too much after. Bruce Arena comes in and, like, steers the ship, gets them to seventh place. And looking at the roster they have here, and I'm going to compare it to now's roster, I think he, even though he left in controversy, and like you said, he doesn't necessarily leave a blueprint, his squad is in a much, much better spot. I mean, they had Jaleel Anibaba, Scott Caldwell, <laughs> I just punched my mic <laughs> at the thought of Jaleel Anibaba. Edgar Castillo, Teal Bunbury, um, Brad Knighton. They, <laughs> there's just all sorts of these players who just, Justin Rennix, like <laughs> all of these like kind of like B-grade MLS players. Like this squad was not that good. Juan Agadello's on here. Like, heck yeah, dude. That's a... That's a squad and a half right there. <laughs> and Bruce, once he kind of got his stamp in, that's when they got smarter signings. Like, he had players that fit what Bruce needed to do much better. So, DC, come get your boy. I think it's the obvious fit. With that being said, it's your grade. For me, this one's like a... This is like D minus F. I was thinking D plus. Like, for anybody other than Bruce, this is like a disaster. Like, it's either Bruce Arena or Robin Frazier that's getting this job. I can see Robin Frazier, too. I can see him getting this job and just... Dude, he's going to be so unlucky. He's going to get DC United, then he'll get Charlotte, then he'll get Montreal. What about Chicago, man? I mean, that'll be his big move at the end of his career. He'll get Chicago. And then they'll hire Frank Lopez after... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They'll be loyal to Robin Frazier for three years. 
and be like, now hiring your 2030 Chicago Fire head coach, Robin Frazier, and then he becomes like 31st in the East. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, n- moving on to our next team, we have Club de Foot Montreal. What do you what do you think of this club right now? This is a disaster. I think this I don't know if I'd say this or DC is the worst one on the list, but Montreal is just They're lo- a joke. They they shouldn't be too. They really shouldn't be. They they've had good year. They were just top team in the or sorry, second place in the East two years ago. And there's just so many self inflicted mo- wounds up there. We've talked about this extensively, but when you have a nearly shield-winning year, they missed out by like maybe five points in 2022. You nuke that squad, sell all your best players, and then your FO is getting into disagreements. Let your best ever coach walk, who completely changed your squad, and then you hire a very unsuccessful manager before. I saw... You know what's funny? Because we just talked about D.C., so this affects them. Hernan Lasada, the former D.C. coach who was just recently the former Montreal coach who got fired. When D.C. hired him, he was on a seven-game winless streak or something like that in Belgium for the team he was coaching. I think in the second tier. Might have been the first tier at the time. I'm not sure. But why are you hiring a guy like that? Like, It just doesn't make sense. Who gets hired first? Herden Lasada or Robin Frazier? I don't know how Herden Lasada keeps getting jobs. Probably Robin Frazier, I'd say. He but seems like a little bit more positive of a hire. I just don't know. I mean, their academy doesn't seem the worst. They've been willing to spend money, weirdly. Like, it's not a club you would expect to, but we've talked about their random yeah. European former stars they sign. I don't know, man. And why would you want a coach here when you can look at their track record for like the last decade and see... They fire a coach pretty much the longest period they've ever had. It's like barely two years. Yeah, I mean, there isn't much to say about Montreal because, I mean, we literally talked about him last week and talked about who we could see filling that role. But it's just such a – it just seems like such a joke, man. Like, I just feel like what do their fans even have to get excited about every year? Weirdly, Frank Klopas coached here actually for like a year. It just seems like it's a fan base that deserves better. It's like a city that deserves better. We always talk about it's like really it's such a unique club. And then it's like their FO just is trying to do everything they can to like destroy their success. It could be such a... Like I understand like they had that great year and sometimes you get offers that you can't deny. Especially when you're not like a top, top league in the world. And you're getting these big offers for your young players that maybe if you wait another year, maybe they don't perform at the same level and you can't sell them for as much money as you could right now. Um, But with that being said, like you have to reinvest that money. You can't just sell them on and then just think like, Oh, these other guys are going to do great next year without all these key pieces around them. I don't know. Montreal, I'm given like a F an F rating. I don't think any coach in their right mind would go there. Unless, I don't know, unless they're really confident in themselves. <laughs> I'd agree with that. I I would see 
I don't know, maybe they get like a some hot shot like assistant coach or you know some well respected player from that what's the team they're affiliated with in Syria? You know what I'm talking about? Um maybe they get somebody already kind of like linked with the club who who wants a shot at like a first team position, but you're right. It just doesn't make sense. This team should be like a crown jewel in MLS. Like with all the big clubs and success, this team should be like a like a a nice spot in the league. They're affiliated with Bologna. All right, I don't see that happening, but I I feel like that would kind of be something they could turn to. Because you're right. I mean, they'll find somebody, maybe a USL or a Canadian Premier League manager who's proven himself. Maybe Pamuluka. That's a name to look out for. I hope he doesn't go there. <laughs> I do too. I hope his first MLS job is somewhere else, but you never know, man. Easy F. Easy F. Um, next up, Minnesota United. F. <laughs> F. Just kidding. <laughs> Minnesota United. What are your thoughts on this? Um, you know, not the worst. Not the worst on this list. I think. Emmanuel Reynoso, like you kind of raved about, kind of makes this team and this squad look better than it actually is. And they had a weird year. Like you said, it's tough when your best player just decides he's not coming to the country (laughs) to play. But there's some good pieces, like Emmanuel Reynoso, um, Timo Pukki, Decided he wanted to score goals at the end of the year, and he did. Robin Lodd's a good player. Will Trapp, solid MLS player. They've got Hassani Dotson, solid. Michael Boxall, that's a solid center back. Like, it's all right, you know? Is this an MLS Cup winning squad as it is? Longwane, that young South African striker, that guy's pretty cracked. I don't know, man. It's not a super convincing roster, but I think it's a better roster than Montreal or DC or Charlotte. I think Charlotte. Definitely Charlotte. And I'd say it's arguably close to New England. I would say it's pretty close to New England. I can see that. I put them a little less, but yeah. And I think it also, I think New England has all three of their DP spots tied up right now i don't know about minnesota i know they have reynoso i thought they had one dp spot open maybe i mean pookie definitely so they might have another one i'm not positive on that though um i don't know i i would agree i mean there's a lot of good things about this club and if you could go in there and convince like a reynoso to just get super bought into your vision um I could see this being a club that is competing for like a top three spot in the in the West. It really should be. Like maybe, honestly. Maybe top four. But once Philly, you know, Fizza at the Timbers <laughs> gets us cruising up there. <laughs> it should for me this should be like a definite solid top half of the table team making should a, be a playoff team when making you look at the roster. Sneak yeah. Run at like open cup or MLS Cup even, you know, making cup runs. Yeah. I'd agree. We've seen Reynoso just take off in 
MLS playoffs before in different competitions. What do you think they need? Because the number 10 set, I think striker, uh, they got Pookie and Longwane, and he can kind of slot in on the wing as well. What position do you think they, they could upgrade on? Maybe on the wing, they got Mender Garcia. He's solid. Franco Fragpane, it's kind of slowed down. Maybe, where do, where do you think a, a piece they would add if you were head coach there? If I were head coach, I was going to say, because it kind of, it completely relies on who the head coach is and what style they want to play. Um, but I think with them being committed to like Timu Puki for, I don't know how long his contract is, a couple years maybe. Um they need people that can provide service. So I'd say probably biggest signing would maybe be like a winger because Reynoso's already tied down. Um, but I think, you know, if if he's in the starting lineup, Reynoso is a guy who can create out of nothing. You know, he can create either a goal himself, he can create for other people. And if you add like a high quality winger in there and just provide service for Pookie, I think you'll, kind of have a recipe for success i agree a couple other plays they got dane st Clair, like one of the better mls goalkeepers who's young as well what about clint Irwin? clint Irwin's solid solid backup goalkeeper in the league honestly jong sang bin south korean international who hasn't really took off but the potential's there mm-hmm. what about i just saw actually julian gressel had a little bit of a not a feud, I would say, but there was some some dissent almost with him and Wilfred Nancy. So he didn't start one of their playoff games against Atlanta. And pretty much Nancy came out and had this statement saying, like, it was, like, my decision and, like, this is just kind of how it is. He's working hard in training. Like, kind of seemed like a coach's decision, maybe an attitude, maybe a game plan thing that Gristle wasn't super happy with. I think... I mean, his whole reason for leaving Vancouver is he wanted to go, like, back to the East Coast, right? So I think if he moves anywhere, he goes, like, further east. I don't think he comes to Minnesota. Um, I think it – wasn't it just more like being in Canada versus – I thought he wanted to go to the East Coast is what he'd said. But I'm not positive on that. Um, You know who I could see them getting? Surprisingly, I, and it wouldn't – I mean – it would be kind of a weird move would be Paul Ariola. That seems like a very Minnesota pickup. Feels like yeah, maybe. It feels like they would. I don't know if Dallas would let him walk after they spent a ton of money, but I agree. I could see them going for him. Yeah. Marvin Laria. <laughs> I mean, he he's not exactly the best at <laughs> providing service, but yeah. Um, I'm trying to look at who their DPs are right now. So it looks like it's uh, Minder Garcia, Timu Puki, and then Reynoso, right? It's their yep. third. Yep, Reynoso. Um, do they keep all three of those guys? I mean, Timu Puki, they kind of have to. They just got him. I think so. I do think... they keep Reynoso and do they keep Minder Garcia? Garcia hasn't been there a ton of time. Reynoso obviously is their guy, their best player. But yeah, Reno or Garcia has only been there since 2022. So, so yeah, I mean, DP spots are tied up, but I think this roster personally, I think it equals that of new England. 
No, it's less slightly. <laughs> so I'd give them B plus, A minus. Give them somewhere in that range. I give it a I give it a B plus. Yeah, I think this is a desirable job. They get good crowds. They have a nice stadium. They are willing to spend money. Fair enough. Fair enough. Next up. We've got the New York Red Bulls. They ended up letting go Troy Lassane as well as, I don't remember his name, someone of their head of soccer operations there. Dennis Hamlet. Dennis Hamlet. What do you, what do you, what are your hot, hot takes, your quick thoughts on this club? I think it's exciting right now. Red Bulls hopefully are coming back because this was a team, this is a cursed team when it comes to playoff time. 2018, that year that Atlanta won MLS Cup, Atlanta, New York Red Bull should have been champions that year. They had an unbelievable squad, won the shield. Jesse Marsh left at the very, like, at the middle, towards the half end of the season. And then Chris Armas took over and had a stinker in the playoffs. <laughs> and if things went differently, the Red Bull, actually, the Timbers would have won MLS Cup because they would have beat the Red Bulls, maybe. But this is a team that ever since then, it feels like nobody takes this team seriously. They've made the playoffs every year since, but you they were never going to beat Cincinnati. They always find the worst ways to bow out in the playoffs. But now, looks like they're spending money, right? A lot of rumors with this club right now. You want to expand on that? I mean, sorta. I mean, it's it's. I don't know how much money they're really spending, um, because it's all within the Red Bull network. But they just signed. Why am I spacing his name right now? Forsberg, Emil Forsberg from RB Leipzig, who'd kind of run his course over there. But he's a club legend for RB Leipzig. Um, I, I mean, when's the last time Red Bull's got a player of his quality? Like he's gonna elevate this squad to just a completely different level. I can't to answer your question I literally have no idea I mean other than like Thierry Henry and Bradley Wright Phillips the last time they had a guy of this quality has been it's been years they had who he, the, he wasn't a name like him but Kaku yeah that the, young Brazilian guy that guy was good but then he got he got sold to like Saudi or Qatar like before it was cool yeah <laughs> same with Giovinco hey man if a, you think if you think Forsberg is just gonna take Lucinas spot dude you I, might be strongly mistaken I think uh, <laughs> Emil Forsberg uh huge signing for them and it's not even really like they had to spend money it's finally they're finally seeing the benefits of this Red Bull connection going the other way it's it's weird that like these clubs have these massive connections them and then like New York City FC obviously connected with City Football Group and it never seems to go like Red Bull's way the or two- like City it's always like they're just there to feed like up the chain and they never get anything coming back to them. So to like finally see Forsberg, you know, I mean, he's 32, so it's not like a guy who's in his prime by any means, but he's definitely not like washed up. Um, should get a couple or a few years out of him. Yeah. Should get at least a couple years out of him. And then they're also linked with, um, RB Leipzig's like legendary goalkeeper who's been with them for, I mean, I think their entirety of time since like the Red Bull group took over that club. Um, Peter Gulashki, who, I mean, he's been like phenomenal. He's been like the, the cornerstone of their club. 
um, for a long time. And I mean, he uh, like with coaching changes, like everything that's gone on in that club, he's been there. And I think he was their captain as well, actually. Um, but it, you know, obviously everything kind of has to come to an end at some point. And it's looking like he might join uh, New York Red Bulls, which I think that would be huge for them. Just like two guys who have a wealth of experience in Europe and Champions League, um, Bundesliga, to come over and kind of set the tone for this club. I think you're spot on. Um, Goalkeeper would be an upgrade. I don't think Carl's Colonel is like the worst player. But there's some solid pieces at the Red Bulls. They're not this squad. I think definitely needs a lot of work. But John Tolkien, I'm not even going to count because he'll probably leave. But they've got Lewis Morgan, Dante Van Zier. Hopefully, we'll actually hit the ground running. Uh, Lucinius is solid, and Daniel Edelman. He's a good player. Uh, Frankie Amaya is solid. Corey Burke is a decent MLS depth striker. I think it needs a lot of work, but this would be a desire of a club, desirable club, because if they are finally tapping into that Red Bull connection, it would be huge for a manager. Yeah, and it's it'll be interesting because they're linked with somebody. I think I forget his name, but they're linked with a coach from Germany right now. Um, so you're kind of seeing a little bit more of the benefits of that Red Bull, like worldwide network, um, definitely seems like the Red Bull way to go out of the league and pick up some European guy, bring him over here. So I don't know. I, I think this club with what's happening right now, it makes me want to rate them a little bit higher. The signing of Forsberg and then, you know, the potential signing of, uh, you know, Galashi, I think bumps them up. I would put them at like a C minus. I would think I'd put them now at like a C plus. Um, as well as just like the culture of that club, having made the playoffs for 14 seasons, kind of just you're walking into a squad that knows the importance of success. Like they know how important it is to make playoffs, and it's kind of instilled in that squad already. People listening are to be tempted to make a a joke about Red Bull success in the playoffs, but you're right. Playoffs that many years in a row. Really impressive. The guy they're they're linked with is Sandro Schwarz. He is the current Hertha Berlin manager in the Bundesliga. And his win percentage isn't great. <laughs> At this club, he has five wins and sixteen losses. 17% win percentage. So, yikes. Experience. Is that, is that just this season or just his time with this club? Uh, since this club. They're in Bundesliga 2, actually. But previously coached at Dynamo Moscow. 53% win percentage. Solid. And then some under other German clubs. So, he's got a lot of outside of the league experience be curious to see how he adapts but if he if he's able to tap into the red bull network especially like leipzig and uh salzburg that would be that'd be huge that would be huge that's that's exactly why i'm putting this like a c plus i'll agree i was thinking b minus but c plus i think as well 
I think the the state of the squad right now, like they need a couple more pieces before I'd put them in like the B tier. But we got our last our last potential coaching position available for a club right now. And it's a club that hasn't even played a game in MLS yet. It's San Diego SCFC. What is it? SC, right? Whatever the generic. San Diego generic soccer ball logo. Rocket League looking logo. Rocket League looking. Ah, man, I don't, that's a whole different topic to, to talk <laughs> about. What do, I don't even know if there's like a hot take or your thoughts you could have on this club right now. But we don't really what are know. Your, what's your, what are your hot takes? We talked about it when it was first announced. It sounds like a lot of things are doing being done right. Like their link with the Right to Dream Academy, their stadium looks nice. San Diego is like a hotbed of a market. They can get not only the fans from that area, but also right down across the border as well. That could be a team that really gets people to rally around. And I think it'll be huge for the California, like LA, not so much San Jose, but the LA games. Um, against Galaxy and LAFC would be huge. This is a blank canvas, like I said. I think any manager wanting to come in MLS, this would be like one of the best places you can land. You'd be able to imprint your own philosophy on the squad, and we we've seen that done well, and we've seen it done terribly, right? So I think I would this is this would be like a no brainer. I'd agree. I think. Just because of like how much flexibility you have and how much excitement around it, I'd put this as like the top of the list, like an A plus. Totally. The only negative, and I don't think it will even affect honestly, except for a small, small group of fans, the San Diego Loyal USL squad, who is now becoming extinct. They have played their last ever game and have been disbanded. I wouldn't say due to this MLS squad, but pretty much, right? It's because this MLS team is taking over. I feel like there might be some animosity, but honestly, USL only really catches like diehard fans, right? Any casual fan will just come to the new MLS team, and a lot of those diehard fans will as well. So, yeah, I think that'll wash away after like a year or two, anyways. But I'm I'm easily putting this top of the list A plus. I'd say. I'd agree. So, welcome Jurgen Klopp to San Diego <laughs> FC. I was going to ask you, you have to pick one coaching hire that you think makes the most sense, not just for San Diego, but like across any of these teams across the league. What's like your number one? Like if you could make the decision, who would you put at what team? I think Bruce Arena at DC makes the most sense to me. I'd I'd say so as well. You know what I think would he, be. Go ahead. He loves a good project, unless I, it's qualifying for the World Cup. For and it seems like this is going to be his last job he gets. I mean, he's like seventy two, seventy three right now. So it seems like whatever job he gets next is going to be like his like swan song, like his goodbye to MLS. So right. And it, what what better place than like where it really started for him as well? And I mean, kind of. Maybe not the most, but definitely the second most, or like a historic franchise in the league, right? Yeah, without a doubt. You know who I'm picking for like the hire that I think would be awesome and I really want to see, and I don't know if you'll agree with it. Troy Lassane to San Diego. 
I think he has what it takes to like really put his imprint on a team. He was pretty successful in USL, and we've seen it happen this year with a Red Bulls assistant leaving to go take on an expansion team and having the most successful expansion season in history. That makes sense to me. I think a young coach like him who has big ideas, definitely really passionate, really, you know, like kind of chomping at the bit for like a, a option, like an opportunity. I think San Diego would be like the perfect place for him to do it. Took over a Red Bull squad that wasn't looking great and managed to get them over the line and make the playoffs. You're right. Great USL experience. I, I don't hate that. I think that's just, that makes sense to me. Right. If I'm San Diego, that's who I'm calling right now. I don't want to. I would. I would learn from what St. Louis did this year. I would get a, a younger coach, who has a little bit of experience in the league, you know, did some assisting, um, and kind of has like a a pretty set philosophy. I mean, he he had a philosophy that semi aligned with Red Bulls before he went to them. Wasn't exactly the Red Bull way, and you kind of see that with Bradley Carnell at uh. St. Louis as well. How many ex Red Bull assistant coaches are going to be in the league at this point? It seems like the way to go. Troy Lassane, Bradley Carnell, uh, Chris Armas now. <laughs> seems like the way to go at this point. But those are all the vacant positions in MLS. But let's look at the might, hot seat. Yeah, he's going to say there might be a few ones. I don't know if necessarily I don't think any more firings are going to happen before the beginning of next season, but I think in the first month, maybe three months of the season, there's going to be some jobs that might come up. And I think the first one is going to be Greg Vanny's position at LA galaxy. Totally. Yeah. Like you said, this, this won't happen in the off season. I'd almost guarantee it. Maybe one of these names, which we'll say when it gets to it, but LA Galaxy, Greg Vanny, it just has not worked out, has it? It made sense at the time, right? It made mm-hmm. sense. It finally looked like they were getting a solid MLS coach. It just hasn't worked in the Galaxy. Yeah, and I mean, part of that has been, I mean, we've discussed it. It's not necessarily his fault completely. When he came into that job, there was it was just a mess. It was just an absolute mess. Like, they didn't have a scouting department. They didn't have anything. Who was the coach before him there? Oh, man. Um, Yermo Barroschiletto. Oh, that's right. There. It just seems like he was left with a pretty impossible task of trying to build a structure for that club that should have been in place for years already, especially for the most successful club in MLS history. Right. It. I don't understand. I don't understand how this successful of a team who won three MLS Cups at the beginning of the the 2010s lets this happen. So Bruce Arena Arena leaves after eight years. Successful, right? Very successful. Kurt Analfo steps in, lasts about seven months. Then they get Siggy Schmidt, rest in peace, MLS legend. I forgot he went there. He was there for like a year. He got fired. Dominic Kinnear stepped in as an interim coach. Um, they got Barrochaletto after this. He lasted almost two full seasons. 
And then they got Dominic Kinnear again as an interim. <laughs> um, and then Greg Vanny, and that was his third season. They missed the playoffs twice. And last year, in 2022, they got torched. They got torched in the second round by LAFC. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. It just... I think Greg Vanny is... If they have a bad start, he's getting canned. I think without a doubt. It seems like LA Galaxy, they've given him two years. Three. I mean, yeah, they've given him three years. At this point, I mean, I understand it's difficult when you have to build all the systems from scratch. You got to build the scouting system. You have to, like, instill a philosophy, like, top down for the whole club. It just, it seems like at this point it's not working out. And Chicharito's leaving as well now. I think their ownership and their FO is going to start to realize, like, okay, this is our third year. This guy's, like, won, like, two games in this first three months of the season. It's time to change something. I I could easily see that happening because Ricky Pooge is looking at leaving as well. I don't think he wants to renew his contract. I I think he stays, but I... It doesn't seem like this squad's getting any better. And he seems like the kind of guy, like... I could see Ricky Pooge being the player who's like pushing for a move because he doesn't think the squad's getting better. Like he, he seems like the kind of guy that would call out like crap players around him of like, like these guys suck. I'm getting out of here. Ebro. Literally. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's well said. And, and I mean, they, the fans have had enough too. remember at the beginning of the year when they were just so upset with their, oh man, was it the GM or some FO person and they were like, the supporters group was like boycotting the games. So they were showing up with no fans. Like they put real pressure on the, the club and they, they nudged. I can see the same thing happen with Greg Vanny. A lot of fans online are not Yeah, happy. I mean, it's, everybody agrees. Like it's the most, you know, successful team in MLS history. They deserve better. Especially. They have a massive fan base that, I think is it's been torn apart since like LAFC's come to town. San Diego's coming into the market soon. I mean, there might be some fans that you know aren't diehards that are going to start to switch allegiances because I think that already's definitely happened with LAFC. I mean, we saw it with our friend Ryan. Is already he's done it in his <laughs> brief time down there. <laughs> he's going to be upset when he listens to this. Um, I mean, they're so bad they turned him into a USL fan. <laughs> True. Um, no, have you seen that side note? Have you seen that video where it's like they're doing some sort of like fan TV interview thing? Somebody's like talking to people outside of like El Trafico and they're interviewing this girl and she's like, yeah, like she's wearing like an LAFC, you know, gear, jersey, hat, all all the stuff. And they're just talking about the excitement of the game. She's like, go Galaxy, LAFC. <laughs> and everybody's like, oh. Like, we caught her. Like, <sighs> freaking Americans, man. That's fan culture right there. No, I haven't seen that, but that just sums I wouldn't, it up. Yeah, it sums up. Sums up LA, LA Galaxy. Right. I just did it. I just did what she did. <laughs> <laughs> just sums up LA Galaxy, the state of them right now. I mean, they finished 13th <laughs> in the West on 36 points. They would have been. 13th in the east as well (laughs) (laughs) they 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 were horrible this past year and if they don't get better quick 
at the start of this next season. I think Greg Vanny gets canned. Pretty embarrassing. Pretty embarrassing from a club that spends money that can get big. One of the few clubs in the league who will get big name players. Oh yeah, like should, they should be able to easily get three huge DP signings, and they have the money to do it without a doubt. It seems like there isn't a real drive from the club. Like if I if I was running LA Galaxy, if I was the supreme leader of LA Galaxy, I would clean out my DP spots. I'd keep Ricky Pooj, and I would just splash like huge amounts of money on just two more like superstars, not Douglas Costa, like aging, just like guys who obviously don't care. Like I would get like another Chicharito type, like a guy who is, is invested and cares. And you would, I would spread them out across the team. You have Ricky Pooge in the midfield. I would get like a striker center back, somebody to, you know, kind of anchor the team in each line. Chucky Lozano. How about that? No. With Dejan Jovalich up top? No chance. Him on the wing? It was a rumor in the offseason. I'm glad it didn't happen, but... I don't think it happens. I mean, I don't I don't think it was even, like, remote. I, I don't think he would come to MLS. If he were going to come back, he would go to Mexico. I There was a rumor... I think it was LAFC, actually, that they were looking... or Maybe even they put a bid for him, but, you know, he went back to Ajax, and... It's got to be even more. That was a side note. It's got to be even more painful watching LAFC win an MLS Cup last year in a supporter shield than making a champion, making multiple Champions League finals. LAFC has won two shields since the Galaxy, since they've been in the league, and the Galaxy have done nothing. They've done nothing. That is pain. It is. Fan it support is, is, is like the the fans, I mean, you look at a crowd. You can't really blame them honestly for not wanting to go support this club. I don't disagree, but you look it's like you look at the crowd at an LAFC game and I hate that fan base. But <laughs> one of the best atmospheres in MLS. Yeah. You look at a Galaxy game, it's like average at best. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they they have the ability to change that in one off season, completely completely redefine their club, and it seems like there's just a lack of willingness to do that. Picture they have another bad year. LAFC wins MLS Cup this year, or something like that, and then San Diego comes into the league as well and has a successful year. I don't think it would kill the club, but they would, man. They'd be in some dire straits. And I know, so I'm just looking at random free agents. I could see them picking up. Don't you dare say Jesse Lingard. He's coming to Portland. That seems like the most LA Galaxy (laughs) signing ever. I don't think it would be good for them. An uninterested thinks he's bigger than the club signing. I think one that would be huge for them that could probably anchor them for like five years. David De Gea. Dude, how could you? That would be massive. He is coming to Portland as well. <laughs> he was actually rumored with Miami, which I don't even want to get into because that's just a stupid rumor. That's not going to happen. There's no way he's going to Miami, but I I think they I get a they get like a David de Gea on a Tam deal because that's some like BS that LAFC would end up pulling somehow or Miami and the club the the league would just let it happen like it's completely <laughs> normal. I, what if what if they? 
do the anti Miami and they get like Luka Modric and they go all in for like Benzema and they just like they get like the Real Madrid, the, the classic eleven, Marcelo. Dude, they get Marcelo. Have you seen all the drama? This is completely unrelated to MLS. The Marcelo drama in Brazil that has been going on. Oh, I know he won the the Copa Libertadores. Liber- yep. So he plays for uh, Fluminense, I believe. And in a game, they're playing against Flamenco, who are the most recent Copa Libertadores champions. He's playing, and like some guys trying to get under his skin. This player from the other team. And they're kind of like chatting at each other, and the guy like, like, as he's running by, like I think after his team had scored or something, he's like pointing at like the champion badge of like the Copa Libertadores, which is like the cha- the Champions League for that, you know, South America essentially. And I think like it just caught Marcelo so off guard, like he didn't do anything at first, and then he like pulled up his short leg to show like a tattoo of like the Champions League trophy with all the years below it that he won it. And then he like proceeded the next month to go win the Champions League in South America, which is <laughs> like that's the worst guy to possibly like try and trash talk about Champions League titles. I can see, and he's get, coming to LA Galaxy. I, was, I can see the Galaxy signing him. They have another just garbage crap year, and then people are like taunting Marcelo because they're losing like three nil against Houston, and he just points oh. out like, "I won eight Champions Leagues in my career." What is it, like six actually, including this most recent one? That's the big turnaround. They get Marcelo, David De Gea, Matty Longstaff. And Cole Bassett. (laughs) This is starting to sound like a FIFA career mode save right here. (laughs) Dream signings only. I'm tired of giving the Galaxy coverage. Yeah, let's move on. We've talked about them for far too long. Um, Next potential hot seat. And this is a little bit of a hot take here, I think. Nashville. I think so. I think he's he's done well. Like I he's definitely gonna, would be able to get another job in the league. But Gary Smith I think he's peaked. This it was really a shame they couldn't pull off that league's cup against Miami and Messi, but four straight years of making the playoffs. Solid team defensively, but They've every, been found out. Every year in the playoffs, they, they've been found out. They've been found out, and I think I talked about it really early on, like in the season. Um, the worst thing about Nashville is their whole game plan hinges on getting the first goal. And like when you come up against other teams that just give Nashville the ball, or if they score first, then Nashville's kind of like lost like they just look dead in the water because they don't know what to do when they have the ball so when you like create your whole system around that like strong defense counterattack, we get the first goal and we lock in then you're kind of setting yourself up for failure in my my opinion I mean it's it might be really good for regular season they've had they've been solid for regular season where you know worst case scenario you can kind of grind out like draws or you know whatever but when it comes to playoffs and it's an elimination game and I mean this is like a great example of like what Peter Vermees did with SKC to St. Louis is like teams can just make you uncomfortable by changing their style and forcing you to have the ball and just playing against what your style is and then you look uncomfortable and you don't know how to come up against it and I think that's Nashville's biggest problem you're right I think that sums it up well. Nashville, I 
don't really see you know they spent big on a striker and it hasn't really worked out for them maybe it does next year you never know but i don't see it improving a ton honestly so gary smith is on the hot seat you know what i thought was funny is uh we were talking about it recently and we were listening to the same podcast but like with phil neville being hired you know in his uh interview he talks about how he wants to play an attacking style and all this and it's like on the coaching like bingo card of things you have to say when you're getting hired what do you think gary smith says in the interview like there's no way he says he wants to play an attacking style because he just does not i think he would like use these really general terms like we want to be a we want to be an organized like a disciplined hard-nosed team like he probably talks about the same way like american football coaches talk about their teams of like fundamentals we might get knocked down but we're gonna knock them down harder like just the gary smith way hey shays don't i i think he needs i think it's time to move on there but i will never take from anybody in the world gary smith disrespect you want to know why why this man won an mls cup with the colorado rapids yeah off an own goal (laughs) probably i mean that's the only way the Rapids are going to do it, man. That's the only way Nashville is going to do it, man. Nashville's a solid team, though. You realize Colorado Rapids winning the MLS Cup is like it's like a fever dream, man. Like, yeah, uh, I don't know. Gary Smith looks like a retired cop. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. There's, there's no way. What other manager in the world is winning an MLS Cup with the Rapids? That's, they almost won it. Um, what year did they make deep run in the playoffs? Uh, twenty sixteen, the year Seattle won by not having a shot. Yeah, that was same way. Uh, <laughs> Rapids won it. I don't know, man. It's uh, he's an all right coach. I think he's not necessarily good for the league. <laughs> I mean, like, how I not to even saying <laughs> it's just funny to me. Like, you know, this is, at the end of the day, it's a game, and you have different ways you look at the game and how you play it. His ideology is very defensive minded, and <laughs> you got two dudes in Oregon sitting in a room saying <laughs> <laughs> the way he does his job is not good for like the integrity of all these hundreds and thousands of millions of people watching. <laughs> well. i mean that more so in the fact that mls is a a young league that is growing really fast and it's getting a lot more eyes on it than ever and probably our biggest point of exposure this year was league's cup final between two mls clubs and one of those clubs was nashville and if people only watched that and they really are only watching for Messi, but then they, they want to look into MLS a little bit more and they, you know, first thing they're going to start with is the other team in that game. And they start watching stuff about Nashville. They start seeing the way they play. I think a lot of people are going to be turned off to the league pretty quickly if they just tuned into a Nashville game and just watched like this extremely boring style. And it's just, I mean, it's a way, it's a, it's a strategy. It's a way to play the game. 
and I think most people would agree it's a really boring way to play the game unless you're like a just a sicko for the game and you can appreciate it then some people might love it <laughs> but uh I think it's just boring and that that's why I say like it's his coaching style isn't good for the league I think it's better to have more like Wilfred Nances more uh Pat Noonan's like guys like that who just are exciting and create really exciting styles of play said it before I'll say more it again Phil Nevels I'm not gonna take any Gary Smith disrespect but Austin FC Josh Wolf. He's been given another year. Get him out. Fire him right now so you have time to get a better coach. Three seasons in Austin. Two crappy ones. One extremely good one. Um, let alone the league disappoints, disappointments. The Champions League, League's Cup, U.S. Open Cup, just failures. Failures on every level for Austin. And bless you. Thanks, man. <laughs> Failures in every what? Failures are like at, at every level uh, of play. Every competition they were in this year for Austin. And they're just... Yeah, they suck. They, they sucked this year, dude. Like, you said it. They had one really good year, but that really good year consisted of them overperforming on... Literally every the most. every metric that can determine like a a club's performance, like they when you look like expected goals, like that's why I think St. Louis is gonna have a down year next year. Um, but when you look at like a lot of the metrics to to measure a team's success, and you look at like their style of play, like how they attack, where they enter the final third, things like that, like. Everything just didn't make sense for how well Austin did last year. And I think a lot of people didn't really take that into account when they did their preseason predictions. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> Was uh, that for me or you? Us included. I think both of us, we put them like one and two in our predictions. You're right. Um, but it's just, if I was the owner of Austin, I would have fired this guy after he lost to like a... What what was it? A the, Haitian the club? Haitian team who <laughs> like had to have like they picked up players on their way to the airport from like a farm or something. I, they had like a guys finish their shift at McDonald's to before they flew out to go play the game. <laughs> Remember Amro <laughs> Remember that game that lost three? Amro Tarbex just <laughs> smashing in volleys. <laughs> Full power in his own net, and behind him there's like a fence with a giant tree and no stands behind. Him. That's an all-time MLS moment. To be fair, that's an MLS iceberg moment that we will talk about to our kids one day, like years down the road. I don't know, dude. Josh Wolf, I think, retained this job solely out of like just the fact that he looks like a Pixar like superhero dad. Just that he's a handsome dude. I'll give him that. But well, yeah, because he uses t- ten pounds of like t- wax to just slick that <laughs> greasy hair back on his head, and with his polo oh, tucked in, and scrunch his arms when his team is scoring own goals in the back. <laughs> when they're relying on John Gallagher to score it's, more goals than their, it's only going to get worse. Signing. It's only going to get worse because Maxi Arudi announced that he's leaving the club as well. 
We need another Texas team so Maxi or Rudy can join them. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna that, go to USL now. You know he's gonna go to San Diego and then do the gauntlet of Californian teams next. <laughs> no, he's got to do he's got to do El Paso Locomotive, uh, <laughs> Rio Grande Valley, and uh, San Antonio in Texas. Where do you think he goes next? Maxi, how Rudy. old is Maxi? I think he's he definitely... 32, 33, something like that. That's not too bad. I can see him. I hate to say this, but I can see him going to a Rapids. <sighs> they they would use somebody, dude. They declined the option on uh, um, Diego Rubio. There would be a spot up front. They got rid of Zardes last year. You know where I think he would be good at. That I don't. Th- they don't have room for him. I think he would be amazing at a St. Louis. Oh gosh, put that it, seems like the perfect club for him. Put him in for like five, ten minutes at the end of the game, and he'll just run like crazy. Same with like a Nathan Fagasa. I could see Timbers letting him go to St. Louis, and he'd be like a fifteen goal a season striker over there or something. Just somewhere the player can just sprint nonstop and just. Well, they and they have the they seem to have an ability to just turn strikers who have been like neglected by other clubs into like really high quality players for whatever reason. Maxi Rudy had a, he had a rough year last year, twenty five games, one goal. Dude, I forgot. Man only shot one arrow this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that quivers, that quivers running low, man. That, that's some high quality MLS. <laughs> Um, dude, I completely forgot. He played for Toronto FC before he signed with Portland for two games. Really? He, Toronto FC paid to get him from Argentina. He was, you know, a younger player, early 20s. Played two games. Timbers just poached him right away, and he joined the Timbers. He became a Timbers legend. Love that guy. He still, I, th- I believe he has the Timbers like logo tattooed on him with that uh, MLS Cup. What a legend. What an absolute dog an MLS. Love that man. Last but not least, our least favorite team because they robbed us of an MLS Cup at home. <laughs> NYCFC with Nick Cushing. I feel like he doesn't have too much longer left if he doesn't start producing. I feel like, I don't know, I mean, Pretty disappointing season for New York. Barely missing out on playoffs. But they were in like a weird point as a club this year. They were kind of in like a, a in-between of like they didn't really have DPs. And then they, you know, they brought back James Sand, uh, Sands. And then they brought, you know, Maxi Morales back to tear his ACL um, or whatever he did. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Tyus Magno just not performing. Um, they just—it's like a weird. It was a really weird squad build, where it seemed like they had a lot of holes. And then when they started to finally gain some traction, then they had some injuries. Um. So I don't know. I don't want to put it solely on him, but he definitely hasn't impressed there, and he's been on the hot seat already. So I could see if they don't start well next year, they're they seem like the type of club that would just drop them and and maybe pull somebody else from that city football group. I didn't realize Nick Cushing was a product of the city football group. Started with the 
Man City women and was a coach there for seven years. He had a 72% win percentage with the Man City women, actually. Kind of nuts, but... Well, I mean, it helps when you just have all the money to buy <laughs> the best players in the world. Chelsea. <laughs> um, Man City women are about to be relegated, dude. Ever- oh, that's a tough one, but I was going to say Everton. Um, that's sad for them. Anyway, yeah, I You'll think... you love to see it. For all the reasons you said, I agree. Nick Cushing... Probably not the longest leash in the world. Hasn't done great. I mean, not really terrible, but like kind of mid. This year was definitely bad. Well, and I, you think, I feel like you see with these massive football groups, they kind of have a tendency to like protect their coaches pretty well, where when they aren't performing very well, you know, they'll fire them, but they keep them. It's almost like they kind <laughs> They like it's recycle almost, them. It's almost like a parent with like a like a toddler is like done something that like hurt themselves and then they're gonna do it again. And you're like, no, okay, come on, we're gonna like move you over here. Like, it's almost like once it starts getting too bad, like and they're making their stock worse and worse. It's like they pull them out of the position and like kind of rebuild them before Buff giving them, them like another job or like letting them go somewhere else. Um, Nick so I can Cushing see them doing that is now announced as your Melbourne City next head coach. <laughs> Newest Apple TV presenter, Nick Cushing. <laughs> See him on MLS 360 show. Um, All right. So we talked about potential fires. We talked about vacant jobs. Let's talk about a couple hires. We talked about a little fizzer, Phil Neville. Phil, last, Philly Nevs. Last week. We're going to save that. We got, we got Red Bulls on our list. We already kind of talked about them and their rumored coach. Where do we start first? Colorado. Let's start with Colorado. They got the Red Bull product himself. Chris Armas. Chrissy Arms, CA, the former Manchester United assistant, has been newly appointed to the Colorado Rapids job. This man is a glutton for pain. He just wants to go, <laughs> go where he's... Not gonna, not gonna do well, I guess. Dude, he had a thirteen percent win percentage at Toronto. That is despicable. That is so bad. I, dude, he, <laughs> his picture. I looked him up, and immediately the first picture just looks like, like if you gave him like, He's like staring right at the camera. Give him like a the Voldemort nose, and he could just that's easily his like Halloween costume right there. Um. Really uninspiring hiring for uh, Colorado. I mean, if I was a fan, I would be kind of upset about this. Because not exactly brimming with confidence. I mean, he he hasn't really had any real success as a head coach. I mean, his best stint was with uh, New York Red Bulls. That, that was a 46% win percentage. And then he went on to... Toronto granted he only had a total of what 20 games there maybe 30 games so uh oh 50 had 15 games there (laughs) so 13% win percentage is a little misleading because it's such a small sample size but I don't know man it's just this to me seems very similar to like the Hernan Lasada like why do people keep hiring this guy 
I mean, you're right. I mean, if a USL team or something hired him, I could kind of see that more because it's a step down, and he has experience. I mean, and not all of it's bad. Like, his, his Red Bulls assistant coaching resume, he was a part of some good coaching staff, some well-coached teams. That first year he took over as interim, they did win the Shield. They beat out a really good Atlanta squad for the Shield, obviously choked in the playoffs. There's some glimmers in there, but it's a while back. It's a long ways back. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we talked about it earlier, but, yeah, taking over as an interim manager for Jesse Marsh, who didn't necessarily get fired so it's not like the team is like a low point like they weren't really struggling so he kind of took over like a team that was already performing at a really high level and didn't really finish the season off well so I don't know if I was a Colorado fan I'd be pretty mad right now not too much else to say there 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 really isn't there isn't really too much you can read into this disappointing hire I mean Obviously, what if he does great? Like, this would be pretty... Like, all these head coaching hires who have been received with terrible fan reception for obvious reasons. <laughs> Just imagining him and Phil Neville battling it out. Colorado and Timbers down to the last day of the season to see who gets the supporter shield. And they play <laughs> against each other. It's a, it's at Dick's Sporting Good Park. It's like a... It's a real historic atmosphere. The Cathedral of Soccer. Evander's on 36 goals for the season. Cole Bassett's at 35. <laughs> Golden Boot Race. <laughs> oh, man. David Bingham and who's uh, Colorado's? William Yarbrough. It's <laughs> <laughs> like that meme where oh, it's like... Man. My favorite thing about this podcast is whatever we're talking about, if when we just spit out random MLS names, it's like those memes where it's like guys can just have fun when they name old sporting players, you know, old soccer players, old basketball players, whatever. Um, I saw, have you seen like that account online called the nutmeg news? No, it's it's like a, it's like a soccer news parody. They kind of tweet out like fake, like soccer headlines. And it was, Colorado Rapids announced that Phil Neville is lined up to replace Chris Armas when he's inevitably fired as the next <laughs> Colorado Rapids head coach. We're just going to swap coaches halfway through the season. Oh, we signed Chris Armas and then finish the season out with Robin Frazier. I will say I'm more happy with Phil Neville than I would be with Chris Armas. That's true. We probably interviewed Chris Armas. Probably. You know what I found interesting? This is... We're getting back onto the Timbers here. But they mentioned that some of the coaches they inter- they interviewed had international experience. Who do you think that is? I, I feel like it was... Could have been Chris Armas. I feel like it was BJ. Old BJ Callahan. You think so? I I have a feeling because he's kind of... Maybe John Herdman some, I there could was see. Some, no, because he was already tied up at Toronto. At that point? And... Yeah, he was in Toronto before... He was signed by them before the end of the season, right? Yeah, but I know... But he just didn't want to go there, which was smart. He didn't want to go there and then lose a few games to start his coaching career. I know Gio, as soon as he was fired, it was 
we may have interviewed him, but I don't know. I feel like it must. I had a feeling that it was old BJ Callahan, BGC, BJC. But anyways, we we weren't gonna talk about the Timbers. We were gonna try our best not Why? to, because Timbers are stupid and they're green. Um, should we move on from Colorado? You got anything else to say about them? Um, no, I don't. I really don't. Next up, Chicago Fire. You know, the, <laughs> that's it. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> Chicago Fire, hire, rehire, extend contract, whatever you want to call it. Frank Klopas maintains the job. Is that right? I thought that wasn't official yet. Kind of. It's kind of, it's been rumored. I don't want to know. It's basically, it's basically confirmed, right? Or no? I wanted to talk more about their their sporting director that they re-signed. We'll, we'll talk about good old I, FK. I have a, for some reason I thought I read that Frank Klopas got re-signed, but I think you're right. As of right now, I think he is not under contract for another year. That's all right. He'll take a nice, cool spot on the assistant coach's bench, and then whenever whoever gets hired gets fired immediately, they'll let old Frank Klopas coach the team into a, a thrilling 10th place finish. This is where Phil Neville should have gone since he, <laughs> since he... George Heights gets his contract extended. Uh, what Brian Schmetzer's dork. brother. <laughs> what a... Do- <laughs> Like Brian Schmetzer, if he just drank cream all day, dude. <laughs> Getting ready to get married. <laughs> just <laughs> what a dork, dude! Show me that guy again. George Heights. It looks why they they didn't put the second e in there. They spelled they showed his name all weird. I think he's a European dude, but. Man, uh, there's just this just doesn't make sense. <laughs> we're we're you know we're joking about all this other stuff. Hit me with it. Hit me with the spiel. He, he kind of looks like Brian Schmetzer, but this guy has been nothing but a failure in Chicago, and he he joined the fire in in 2019, right? Since then, they've missed the playoffs every single year, <laughs> and he did this like interview because they must have known there would be some backlash. And they were talking about certain things, and one of his points, their points about re-extending this guy's contract, was that they missed the play. They were in the playoff race until the final day of the season, so that was improvement as opposed to missing the playoffs like three weeks before the end of the season. Obviously, not accounting the fact that we added more spots. They mentioned that their sister club, FC Lugano, has been a successful squad in their league in Europe. And one of their big things they mentioned, and this is sort of true. It's not sort of true. It is really true. But they talked about their success developing players. Gagos Lanina. Not even developing, but identifying and developing talent. They identified John Durand and sold him to the Premier League. Brian Gutierrez looks like a stud. Mauricio Pineda. Chris Brady looks even better than Gagos Lanina. All those things are true. But none of that has translated on success on the field. This team's been a joke off the field and on the field for a long time. It speaks true 
to like this club's aspirations to the fact that they said like we were in the playoff picture until the final day whereas like a lot of other clubs if that was the case and they didn't make playoffs they'd fire the coach like they would like fire the coach they would like immediately start a rebuild this club is like content with like we expanded playoffs we almost made it into ninth place in our conference i mean four years not making the playoffs a lot of those years like 12th 13th place i'm surprised he didn't bring up the point that like the eastern conference is like really good like well the guys we play against are actually really good <laughs> i mean what has this guy done like it, remotely i mean they signed shakiri dude they've made money he's been like mid-tier at best they they've done a lot of off the field stuff. They've switched their logo twice now. They listened to the they they moved. That was out just of, like his daughter that sketched the. <laughs> they moved to Soldier Field back into the city, and they thought that was going to bring a ton more fans. The games they have packed it. It's been a pretty rocking crowd, like when they played in Miami. But it yeah, just, when they had a bunch of Miami fans show up. Well, they actually it was actually a good fire home crowd actually. Oh, well, that was right, because Messi didn't play in that game. But I don't, I don't know how you can just sit here. I mean, obviously, if you're the if you're Heights, you, you take the job, right? You take the money. You obviously are trying to be successful, but it's just not working. I don't know why the ownership group would, would do this. It's not, it's not his fault. It's not Heights' fault. They need a good coach. They need a better sporting director. They need more fans in the stadium. They need better social media. They need everything better, right? And here's how we do it. Robert Taylor Lewandowski (laughs) coming to the Chicago Fire. That would be pretty great, but it seems like their ownership doesn't really seem to want to invest a lot of money, doesn't seem to like want to... I mean, Kai Kamara is... Dude, imagine a front two of him and Robert Lewandowski. <laughs> Who's whipping in those balls? Julian Gressel? Hey, that kind of sounds like a mean <laughs> <laughs> little trio right there. That would be kind of a pretty fun style to watch, like just whipping in crosses to two like lethal big men in the box would be kind of cool to watch. But it just seems like the ownership... We're joking. Obviously, Kai Kamara is going to be on a different squad next year. Joe Monsueto does not really seem to care to get too invested in the FO there. He looks like he looks like Bill Burr's little brother, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he kind of does, actually. He looks like a older version of Bill Burr. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it just seems like there's a lack of drive from this club and keeping guys like George Heights hits or heats or however you say it just kind of sends a message to your fans and to the rest of the club that like mediocre is okay. Is there a coach you would think would be a good fit in Chicago saying, assuming they don't for whatever reason stick with Frank Lopez. Oh man. (laughs) It's tough because I think a lot of the good coaches that we talk about, they get brought up for a lot of these opportunities. Um, So, I mean, like a Bruce Arena, I think, could go there and do a great job. I think he would probably get the most out of um, 
you know, Gutierrez and Shakiri being on the field at the same time, he'd probably be able to manage that. Um, it's tough because you're, in my opinion, looking at one of the worst rosters in the league. Pretty terrible roster, but I mean, that's the thing is if you, you would need the ownership to get bought in to be able to reinvest and, and be smart. Um, and you need the FO to change to do that. So I don't know if there's a coach that could come in right now and do a better job. I think probably Frank Klopas is their best option of a guy that's just going to be loyal and like stick to this club and try and do his best. I don't know who else could go in there and really change it up. You know what would suit them? If they poached Gary Smith from Nashville and they just sat back and defended and just played long balls and hit balls into Kai Kamara in the box. You know, that doesn't sound like the most fun experience, but if that would win them games, and I think it would be much better, that would make a lot of sense, right? If they invested heavy in the defense and got a couple players. Yeah, six straight seasons without making the playoffs. They made the playoffs once in 2017. Before that, it was about another five years before they made it. One of the last time they won a playoff like series round, you know, it changes every year. 2009. Oh my gosh. Isn't that terrible? Four see, that's what I'd say, like when we're Timberus fans and we complain about these little things. I'm not saying like it's been all peachy as a Timberus supporter, but when you have a club like that who has just been in the gutter year after year after year after year makes you makes you a little appreciative. I mean, they're so irrelevant. When you look up Chicago Fire, the first thing that comes up is the crappy TV show. You have to scroll down like a little ways before you even see the Chicago Fire website. Yeah, dude, there there's some lost clubs in this league that I think are just getting left behind with the direction that this, this league is going in and how fast it's growing. They're getting left behind and that's where like a lot of people who are advocates for like promotion relegation have a little bit of a point where like if you aren't investing and you don't care then like your the value of your club is going to tank because you're going to get relegated into these lower divisions and it keeps the owners interested because they have to invest this money if they want to see their investment continue to gain value with that being said, I don't think it's feasible. I don't think it's viable for this league. I think there needs to be some other way to like have a wake-up call for this. I, I talked about it before. You have your playoffs for the champion. You have your playoffs for the wooden spoon. Whoever gets the wooden spoon gets some sort of like restriction on the next year. Like They're so bad, they get some sort of penalty, something like that just would try and force them to like invest and like do something better. That'd be tricky. Cause <laughs> you might just force a team into being terrible for Defunct. a long time. The new Chivas USA. Yeah. I know what you're saying though. <laughs> Some sort of incentive that kind of, cause what is this dude? What is the like Chicago? Their, their crowds are not good. Like what is the point of the way they're running this? It doesn't make any sense. They can't be making a ton of money, obviously, other than selling the oddball player to Europe for $15 million at a time, and they'll just be content with that. I, I know what you're saying, though. 
Um, so yeah, that's they're hosting a uh, supporters town hall on November thirtieth. You want to go? <laughs> that's seven p.m. <laughs> what day is that, man? Uh, Thursday. Why on a Thursday? That doesn't even that doesn't even make probably sense. to keep people from going. <laughs> you already see George Heights just <laughs> sitting there in his sweater vest. Just I'm about to RSVP for this thing, man. <laughs> First drink is free, <laughs> and they got a, a fire raffle and more. Why? So you can At win the a Black Barrel Tavern. Oh man! I mean, I guess that I'm joking aside, like. Not all clubs do those sort of like fan engagement things. I hopefully, you know, I'd love to be proven wrong by this guy. You know, I'm a sucker for. I have a sweet spot for these crappy teams who have just been middling. If Mister Heights here has an actual plan, they make some promises that they come true on. I have to the, interrupt you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. He's not going to be at this town hall. <laughs> Who's doing this then? Uh, Vice President, Supporter, Alumni Relations and Engagement, um, Evan White Whitfield, and Manager, Support re- Supporter Relations, Leslie Mojica. So this is definitely just going to be like renew your season tickets. Here's and some the, fan events we're going to do. They'll be joined by uh, Senior Vice President, Football Operations, Eddie Rock, and President of Business Operations, Dave Baldwin. So bunch of people who might have some pull but not necessarily not the leader coming out of this organization i mean eddie rock the senior vice president football operations has has some pull like that's that's a position that has some pull probably in that federation there that i hope the fans see i'm not a person who believes if a team's doing crappy you should stop supporting them but i i hope the fans ask for some like accountability from this organization is there hasn't been any for a long time. And it's just really embarrassing to see. Yeah, I mean that's that's all I want to talk about this team right now, honestly. There's there's not too much more to really even say about the Chicago Fire. It, it's going to be interesting to see how this offseason goes for some of these teams though. Um it's kind of a funny like change up to how we usually talk. Like, usually we have some games to talk about we kind of do some like little trivia or something. This was like a whole episode just about like the most negative like aspects, like these teams that like need coaches that are in a bad spot right now. It was, it was fun to talk about. I loved it. It's always good to talk. This is a, this is a more serious episode. I feel like, you know, some actual, we don't even have any, uh, any, uh, match predictions to go over since we already did them for, this upcoming weekend's games, which we have conference semifinals coming up. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. It's going to be Thanksgiving. It'll be a fun-filled weekend of MLS semifinal games. Love it. Love to see it. Love to see MLS playoffs. We're rooting for LAFC over the Sounders. Come on, you boys in black and gold. Let's go. I want to see the Sounders get smashed like 6-0. I have them going through, but I... I could At s- Lumen? Oh, that would be legendary, dude. Wouldn't that be amazing? We've talked about this before. What score would it have to be for fans <laughs> to start walking out of the field? 
at what point? It's a conference semifinal. I mean, in Seattle, it's freezing cold. It's middle of November. We <laughs> we've been there before, where Timbers score like that three nil game, not too long ago. <laughs> People left early. Our buddy Ryan was doing the. Is that a fire drill? <laughs> you know, that was uh, yeah. That but to be fair, that third goal kind of was the dagger, and it was like, it was pretty late in the game when people started leaving. So I feel like if LA, what if LAFC puts like like four in the first half? <laughs> Do you think people leave? This is how we get our like frustration with our own. <laughs> These hypotheticals about Seattle being terrible. It's like, it's like a bunch of middle school, like, dude, like, imagine if this teacher was just going to get beat up by Ryan. Or, dude, imagine if bully. Ronaldinho came out of retirement and played for LAFC right now and they just mollywopped Seattle. David Beckham and Zinedine Zidane and, and Messi all signed for LAFC for one day. Beckham, Zidane, and Messi? You mean Dax McCarty, Kyle Beckerman, and uh, Quincy Ameriqua? All right. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We can do oh, a prediction. Good. Who's going to be the first team? You know, every year it feels like there's a surprise team who does like an off-season rebrand that nobody saw coming that was Ooh. completely unnecessary. Do you think one does one this year? And if so, who? Seattle's kind of doing one. We talked about this not too long ago, actually, talking about rebrands. We did. We talked about who who should do one. Who do you think will? I, I could see, like, Vancouver doing some weird touch-up on there because it's their 50th year as well, if I'm not mistaken. Vancouver, I could be totally Vancouver wrong. seems like a real option. Oh, man. Um, do you think anybody this offseason – you know what would be kind of fitting with how much change is going around the club would be Timbers, some sort of rebrand. I don't know if they will, but it seems like there's so much change going on right now. It would make sense. Maybe DC. I think I feel like I could see. <laughs> maybe not. I don't know, man. That's tough. I I have to like look at all the logos. I feel like I can see Vancouver doing a. Not a complete one, but kind of like a soft. Like how the Timbers kind of minimize the words and stuff. Yeah. I think if I had to pick one team that I think is going to do a rebrand. Ooh, it's tough. I'm torn between two right now. San Jose or Colorado? I th- I'm going to go Colorado. Colorado, I can see. San Jose, I feel they, they did not too long ago. Maybe I like think Colorado, they need something to make their fans excited. <laughs> And I think also with like the recent, like this year, a lot of like the retro stuff was kind of coming back around. I think Colorado will kind of capitalize on that and try and do something unique. They got to do something. Just bought a Colorado retro hat today, actually. Dude, that is major respect. I'm looking for some more MLS merch. I was I was desperate looking for a, a Columbus kit that was on the clearance side of the... Uh, MLS sale that was going on today. We didn't even talk about that. We spent two hours before this podcast sitting down. We played darts, and then right as we were about to start, producer Isaac goes, "You see this MLS sale?" And we were like, "What are you talking about?" Like, we kind of already knew, but then we looked, and the it was three like, of us just sitting here on the computer, just scrolling twenty percent off everything. And then we went to clearance as well, so we were just looking at stuff that's like five bucks. 
I don't know how much longer that sale lasts, but I think it's well, by the time this comes out it'll probably be done, but it was tomorrow at eleven fifty nine. So all of you listening to this, sucks to be you guys. You missed out on the sale. Haha. <laughs> uh <laughs> But yeah, that was that's kinda of funny. Like some of we haven't talked about this before. Maybe this could be a, a topic for an episode. Worst MLS merch. Because <laughs> they come up with the most horrible stuff. One one of the worst things I saw today <laughs> I was trying to convince Isaac to buy it for his girlfriend was a pink dress like from like the neck it was like a turtleneck like sleeveless pink dress like turtleneck down to ankles and it all it said on it like right on the chest was portland timbers with the green portland timber logo right in the center and it just looked like they took like an amazon like picture of the dress and they just like went into like they had it as a PDF and they just typed Portland Timbers on the chest and then just smacked the logo on there. Put like a clip art, like Yeah, like it didn't look like it was actually on the dress. It looked like somebody just like pasted it on the top of that picture. So I have no clue how that would look. Not to mention the color clash of like pink and green. Like a like a baby, like a light pink, and then just like the bright like timbers logo right in the center. That's terrible. I wanna know whoever bought that because I think it was on sale for like five bucks. So it's pretty cheap. Maybe, maybe more. It might have been like twenty actually. But there's some shockers on there, dude. What are the odds? <laughs> if that's still on sale, have you seen all the the like people who do like friendsgivings and they like all the girls will buy their boyfriends like the same shirt? <laughs> <laughs> we all office. buy our girlfriends, our, your wife. You, we all get our significant others that dress. I would be down, but we're doing a. Remember, we're doing our strict dudes Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, dudes giving. We got to do that. We got to like send everybody. Hey man, I was thinking about we you. All, I saw we this. all show up wearing those dresses. No, <laughs> we all show up with the the Houston Dynamo Fox mascot <laughs> free hug shirt. I oh, like man. my favorite was the DC United like sparkle dragon plush stuffed animal that has nothing to do with the club it's just some random stuffed animal and it found. looked it looked terrible too it looked like somebody had just like had Fruit. it in the backseat of their car like for a month and then just chucked a handful of glitter at its face yeah there was some pretty terrible merch on there that would be a fun if we ever do this podcast with video go through that Show so we could throw, throw the pictures up because there was mls is there's some good stuff, but there's, there's some, some really good stuff, stuff. And then there's like the LAFC jean jacket or like an insane amount of Seattle Sounders boxer briefs and leggings. Bright yellow. Not even their like, but like bright yellow, like pants, Seattle, like sweatpants. Doesn't make sense. You know what was weird? It, it seems too like they, <laughs> we're still ranting on like way too long about this, but it seems like they some of the merch is like really in tune with the club and like their their philosophy and like the culture. And then there's stuff like today I saw a pair of green leggings. They were Timbers. They had one Timbers logo on the top and then all over it they had the repeated quote of you cannot stop us in gold like cursive. And that was all it said all over it and it was like Timbers chant signing or like chant leggings or something like that and it was like I don't know exactly, like, I can't pinpoint that chant that just says, you cannot stop us. They, I don't, I haven't heard it in a while, but it was something, 
it was you are the rose city you can't stop us and that was pretty much the whole thing it it's not that's one, a deep pull for them to put on all over a green pair of leggings no you're right <laughs> it's like why would you wear that but i, I know what you're saying there's a sure. reason why that was 399 <laughs> oh man uh, anyways we, we wrap this thing up yeah we've been going for like two hours I think with we no just, games we just hit Two hours and five minutes, or two hours and four minutes, right now. This is a party chat talk right now. Yeah, there were there was no games to recap. This I don't even know who's going to listen to this. <laughs> uh, anyways, now we got our loyal following of that. Thanks, mom. Unspecified amount of people. Uh, thank you all for listening. Follow us on X. Follow us on Twitter, X at MLS Netboys. M-L-S-N-E-T-B-O-Y-S. Leave us a rating. Tune back in next week as we break down semifinal action. And as always, Phil Neville, come on the show. That's a disgrace. Keegan Hughes, come on the show.